dance at the round table. We dance when we're able. We do routines, record a scenes, we footwork impeccable. We dine well here in Camelot. We eat ham and jam and spam a lot. Welcome to the IMDb Journey podcast, where we break down every movie from the top 250 and give our thoughts, our reviews, and any general discussion along the way. My name is Daniel Henderson. And... Stop! Who will cross this bridge of death must answer me these questions three. Air to the other side, he see. What is your name? Uh, Dean Jeffrey. What is your quest? To break down the top 250. What film are we breaking down today? Uh, Life of... Oh, no! Only go... Yes, that's right. We're not doing Life of Brian. We're doing Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Ah, Dean, you're back. Ah, hello. How are you, mate? What a trek that was. <laughs> Good. How are you? I'm very well, mate. Very well. It's a, another rip-roaring night to have you here discussing a great film. Well, it's definitely a rip-roaring night. How have you been? I don't like where this is going. <laughs> No, no, no. We'll get to that. How have you been, Hendo? I've been good. I've been good. It's been a very uh, eventful week. Yeah, big occasion. Yes. My my birthday. Oh, sorry. I was talking about Avengers Endgame. How dare you? You really you've lowered my you've lowered my my night already. Oh, really? <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore. Fair enough. No, I turned thirty-two. It's a nothing birthday. It is. Yeah. You came around though. A couple of drinks. Yeah. Good times. But yeah, the bigger question. We went and saw Endgame. Not together. Definitely not together. No, that was. Oh, not- in, in fairness, we tried, but it it, it doesn't work. It didn't work, work out. You it had, never you, works. Your wife was away in Sydney for the weekend or so. Wasn't she, she was. She uh, yeah had a bit of a girls' weekend away, so I was at home with the young children, which was great because gave me a chance to watch a lot of new movies. So I'm proud to say I will outdo my two films watched that I had watched on the last. What else we've been watching? Well, I'm very proud of you, mate. Thank you. Wasn't oh. a high, oh, wasn't a high bar to uh, set, but you know you did it. Well, I did, oh, that's the main thing. So we're doing Monty Python and the Holy Grail today, and I thought it would be nice to get into the theme of the film. So I've got here some uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail ale. <laughs> what? Yeah. Uh, what is that? Did it you is. did you have this specially made for us? Golden ale tempered over burning witches. Uh, nice. Yeah. Says down here, your mother was a hamster and your father smelt of elderberries. Nice. Yeah. What do we got on here? A light golden beer with a fresh zesty taste and a long crisp bitter finish. Goes beautifully with spam, albatross or battered herring. <laughs> yeah, so one for you, mate. One for me, of course. Yeah. Cheers, mate. It's not bad. It's fine. Yeah. I mean, I'm more admiring the uh, the lovely animation on the uh, the front. Yeah. We'll uh, be sure to post a picture on Twitter. All right, Hendo, what else are we doing today? Well, after the breakdown of Monty Python and the Holy Grail, we're going to be looking at some listener reviews for the movie. We're going to be looking at the answers that you, the listeners, gave to our question of the week, which is, what is your favourite British comedy? Which is also our top five. We'll also be taking a look at the results of the Pod v Pod 18 movie draft, which we had against Jayla Better and Ryan McQuaid from In Session Film. And uh, the results are quite close, well, uh, I do say so myself. Yes, a little too close for my liking. <laughs> And then we'll take a look at the grand final match of the best 1960s film tournament. And then after all that, Dean's going to choose the next movie. And judging by that quick little look on his face, <laughs> I don't think he's prepared. I am not prepared, so I'm open to suggestions during this podcast. <laughs> but before we get into everything, let's take a look at the movie watching challenge between Paul and myself. It's a race. It's a race. I'm winning. I'm winning. And to be honest, I actually don't know where I'm sitting right now. I'm at 198 and Paul's number is Who knows? unknown. I think you're behind though. I'm behind, but yep. I don't know how much by. So I'm oh, just well. going to leave it at that. Yep. Give me the update. All right, Hendo. What's the update on the IMDb Top 250 list? I've no doubt there's a new inclusion. This is the only film we'll be talking about on this one. The inclusion of Avengers Endgame has debuted into the list. I think I said it was going to debut at nine last time. It De- debuted at 13. Yes. But has risen to number five. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. Now, I don't think it's going to last. It won't. No. There's no way. So, why don't I make a prediction? Where do you think this is going to be, say, at the end of the year? Where, where do you reckon it's going to be sitting? Is it going to be higher than Infinity War? Yes. Yeah? Yep. I agree. Yep. I think it's. I think it might be hitting around the 40s. Okay. Yeah. I'll say 34. 34. It's very uh, specific. Well, it's yeah, it's better than the 40s. Sorry, around the 40s. Well, at least I got more of a chance of being right. But it won't be as satisfying. No, it will. I think I think it'll finish somewhere like in the top 100. I think it'll finish in the top 250. Oh, wow. You went there. I did. I do. All right. We're going to take a quick break here, give you a couple of promos from some other awesome podcasts out there, and we'll be back on the other side with Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Justin, can you believe it's almost time? 
Time for what? The 2019 live stream for The Cure. This is our third year hosting this amazing event with every single cent going toward cancer research. The Cancer Research Institute funds research into immunotherapy to create a future immune to all forms of cancer. And this amazing nonprofit organization is rated over 92% by CharityNavigator.org and puts 88 cents of every dollar toward cancer research. Last year, thanks to an amazing team of collaborators, fans, supporters, and listeners, we raised over $5,000 in 30 hours on the air. And this year, with your help, we're going for our biggest goal yet. Tune in May 17th to the 19th on twitch.tv slash epicfilmguys for 40 hours of amazing content as we try to reach $7,500. For more information or to find out how you can become a part of the event, please visit www.livestreamforthecure.com. Together, we can make a difference. Hi, we're the Grave Girls from Grave Girls Podcast. I'm your host, Hawthorne. And I'm Amaryllis. Every week we watch a different horror film, and I find a scary story that goes with it that will definitely leave you shaken in your boots. And if you aren't wearing boots, my true crime case and murder will scare the pants off you. And then you'll just be naked, and that's just, that's just a fun time. So listen to us on SoundCloud and iTunes. And follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Don't forget to check out our website at grave-girls.com. We love you all in case we die. Bye! Once in a lifetime, there comes a motion picture which changes the whole history of motion pictures. A picture so stunning in its effect, so vast in its impact, that it profoundly affects the lives of all who see it. One such film is... Very good, thank you. Yes, thank you. Next, please. So, Monty Python and the Holy Grail released in 1975, starring the Monty Python crew, which is Graham Chapman, John Cleese, Eric Idle, Terry Gilliam, Terry Jones, and Michael Palin, directed by Terry Gilliam and Terry Jones. And a lot of other people, including some llamas, I think I saw. A couple of llamas. Uh, I'm sure there was some sort of Swedish thing going on there. <laughs> <laughs> so this film had a budget of 229,000 pounds. What? Yeah, very, very small. It clearly looked, it, it's a very low budget film. Yeah. They actually earned some funds uh, from Pink Floyd's album, The Dark Side of the Moon. They actually funded the project because <laughs> they just loved Monty Python so much. Wow, that's so impressive. What did it make? See, this was back in 1975, so those numbers weren't recorded as, as um, you know, box offices and all that. It did get re-released in 2001, and it made $5 million worldwide. So it made bank. I think it did eventually, yeah. <laughs> Led Zeppelin and Genesis also contributed to the film's budget as well. Genesis. Yeah. Do you know them? Phil Collins. Good. And uh, Peter Gabriel. Very good. And there's someone else that I can't remember. I'm impressed you got those two. Would you have got them? Honestly, I would have got Phil Collins. Wouldn't have got Peter Gabriel. Oh, well, there you go. So during one of the first screenings of the film in front of a live audience, uh, Terry Jones noticed that when the music was playing during the jokes, there was a slight reduction in laughter from the audience. So when he went back and edited the music out wherever a punchline was delivered, at the next screenings, the laughs increased. So from that point on, whenever he directed it, he remembered to stop the music for the funny parts. Makes sense. Absolutely. I think some of the editing and sound here was perfect for some of these jokes. It really sets it up well. Like you can, I, I couldn't imagine having the jokes going with the music playing. It would just, it really would. Oh, one scene it. in particular, we'll get to is the the music cues are oh perfect. How much do you know about Monty Python? Oh, I would say as much as the next person. Okay. Do you know anything about if Gra the next Graham Chapman? Person do I know anything about Graham Chapman? Yeah. No, he's a raging alcoholic. Absolutely raging alcoholic. Yeah, he's the only one of the Monty Python crew to have died. Uh, oh. Everyone else is still around. He How did died, he die? I think he died of AIDS in the 80s. Oh, okay. Yeah. But for this film in particular, his alcoholism caused a lot of problems during the filming. Yeah. I read that he was drinking up to three pints of gin a day. And to the point where like at midday, he just, he was out, he was out of it. He couldn't do any more. He's the main character. Well, that's the thing with, with Graham Chapman. He definitely plays the straight man. It's, it, it definitely in this and in Life of Brian, he's the one who is the leading man. Everybody oh my god, I did not even realise I was the same actor. Are you serious? Wow, so that's who Brian is. Graham yeah, Chapman. Brian is King Arthur. Wow. 
Oh, I know Brian is Brian. Yeah, Brian is King Arthur. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah, I read in particular the scene where he had to cross a bridge. He was just physically unable to do so because they actually were running out of alcohol where they were, so he was in having massive, massive withdrawals and wasn't able to do it. So they had to get like a stand-in to cross the bridge for him. Yeah, he was doing this when he when they were doing Monty Python's Flying Circus as well. He would he would drink his nerves away. It's it's, it's crazy that he I mean, him and John Cleese were quite close. They were they were riding partners. So I think that also contributed to John Cleese leaving the Flying Circus after a couple of seasons because he just couldn't he couldn't handle he, first off he didn't think that the show was very funny anymore, so he just bowed out, which was know. Faulty Towers after Flying Circus? Oh, Faulty Towers is long after. It's, it's after all this. It's after Monty Python, Holy Grail, Life of Brian. For me personally, Faulty Towers is the funniest of all of it. You look at pound for pound, Faulty Towers is probably one of the funniest shows ever made. Yeah. 12 episodes. 12 episodes. Each one is fantastic. Yeah. Still. So out of the six actors here, who do you think played the most characters? Terry Gilliam. No, it's actually Michael Palin plays 12 different characters in this film. And that's coming from probably the budget as well. They don't have a, enough budget to pay for more people playing I different characters. I also think like, they, are, they are Monty Python. Exactly. Like- Definitely during the Flying Circus as well, they played almost every character. Pretty sure like Connie Booth is in this, who was at the time John Cleese's wife, who's also in Faulty Towers. She yes. plays the only female, female character in this film. Everyone else who is a female is one of the six main leads here. No, because... Yes, he, I just realised no, as soon as I said that. He goes to the, yes. the newt lady and they're all women. Yeah, I just realised my mistake as God, soon as I said it. facts right, though. God damn it. What sort of a breakdown is this? <laughs> Have you been drinking too much? This is, this is How much I, has this beer affected you already? <laughs> this is where I look at the screen and go, no, this, is, this isn't good. We should, we should cut this. <laughs> Who do you think died the most in this movie? Terry Gilliam. Yes, you are right there. Yes. Four of his characters uh, end up dying, obviously. His characters that die, he was the Green Knight, the sword through the face. Yep. He was Sir Bors, the one killed by the killer rabbit. Yep. He's the animator who has the heart attack. Yep. And he's the bridge keeper who goes into the gorge of the eternal peril. Jeez, I didn't know that. You didn't know he was the, the bridge keeper? Yeah. John Cleese and Terry Jones don't have any deaths in this movie, though. They they remain death-free, I guess. I mean, Cleese got close. Surely he'd die of blood loss. That is true. Is he not the Black Knight? Yes, but he doesn't die. Well, he seems to not be phased by any cuts or limbs gone, which, is, but a which adds to the comedy. <laughs> so the, the entire Python crew generally consider this to be one of their lesser movies, despite the popularity. John Cleese often says that Life of Brian is their best work. Can't argue with that. I think a lot. I think they said it has a lot to do with the bad memories of filming this movie. I mean, yeah, with no budget really to speak of. Like the the steel mesh is made of wool, and it was raining and yeah, cold all out in the old hills of Scotland. Did you say steel mesh? Do you mean chainmail? It's not the same thing. I mean, take it or leave it. Steel mesh. What? What is it? What does it's it matter? Called chainmail. You really you're off. Considering you chainmail was um something to do with uh, keep talking, please. Incident mail. Oh wow. No. Yeah. Bad joke. I definitely wouldn't be was part. That of, a joke. I definitely would not have been part of the Python crew. <laughs> Did you learn nothing watching this film? <laughs> And with an average of 8.2 over 458,000 ratings, it is currently sitting at number 110 on the list. Just shy of the top 100. By 10, you could say. <laughs> I'm dying to hear your plot summary for this, Endo. Well, what's so bad about the plot summary here? King Arthur and these Knights of the Round Table embark on a surreal, low-budget search for the Holy Grail, encountering many very silly obstacles along the way. You summed it up perfectly. <laughs> Unlike you. <laughs> so, Dean, we start with some uh, credits. I watched these twice. These are great. These are really funny. I, I don't think I've ever watched these credits before. I probably had it on VHS and fast-forwarded it. I love how it's. Uh, they have a couple of Holiday in Sweden this year. Lovely lakes, fairy animals, a majestic moose. <laughs> how it has, like, one sentence on there, and, it's a, and then the subtitle comes up, this massive long sentence... And then it's like starring bang, 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 bang. And it has wick. Wick. <laughs> and then also, also wick. wick. <laughs> also, also wick. <laughs> that was great. And even when the music like, like the, it's like a turntable scratch. Like, and it comes up like, yeah, we fired the subtitle people. Yeah. And again, oh, we fired those people too. We, fi- we fired the subtitle people who, who hired the subtitle people. Yeah. Even the uh, all, all events and characters in this movie are based on. Signed Richard M. Nixon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A renowned liar. <laughs> and then the moose theme credits that come up later on. Everything was great here, especially. Even when they go to the last bit, it's just like flashy 
flashing like neon light lights at yeah when the llamas come up in the credits. Yeah, the epileptic seizure visuals. That's right. But we move into England, 932 AD, and we hear the the steps of a horse. Am I right? No, no, you are not right. Clearly, you missed the part in this film where you see that it's actually coconuts. Can't do it. I can't. I don't have a coconut on me. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> the rare time I don't. It's really funny. Like, this is really funny. And it's it's also funny because they had coconuts because they couldn't physically afford horses. Yeah, I mean... They're, like, they're not doing it because, oh, this is so funny. They just... We can't afford horses. And then it worked perfect. And this is what they did in plays. They would yep. make And on, on the radio as well. Yeah. So, it works. It's just... This low budget works for this film. Especially because, yeah, they're taking the piss out of this. You know, the, the knights, the medieval theme of films. And then what makes it even better is this guy in the castle, the first castle, he calls him out for it. Yep. He's like, you coconuts and then we get this hilarious hilarious discussion we get the first mentions of the swallows listen in order to maintain airspeed velocity a swallow needs to beat its wings 43 times every second right please am i right i'm not interested it could be carried by an african swallow Oh, yeah, an African swallow maybe, but not a European swallow. That's my point. Yeah, the, the coconuts and the swallows definitely come back a lot in this film. I'd, I'd say this is the more consistent theme of the film, the coconuts and the swallows. Maybe running gag is more a better description than theme. That sounds right. This is a comedy. Running gag sounds right. Yeah. So we get our next skit. Oh, sorry. I mean, we get our next scene. This is the bring out your dad. You say skit like... Uh, this whole movie is a collection of skits. Is this a bad thing? When some of them don't work, it is, yeah. Okay, fair enough. But in terms Never seen of... you agree with me so quickly. <laughs> well, if the, if the joke doesn't work, it's not funny. It's bad. Fair enough. But do you think this is a really big negative that this film doesn't really have that big of a plot? No. No, I don't think it's a huge negative. I just, if you're going to do it this way, you really need to hit most of your jokes. I think we're... F- forwarding a bit here do most of the jokes hit for you no okay for me they do yeah i i mean i know i know you love this movie and i know that but to be fair not as many jokes hit for me a lot of them still do like when i when i before i saw it this time my impre- my memory of this film was that every scene was fucking gold like this i was laughing my ass off at everything this time i watched it there were definitely some mm, okay not as funny as it was <laughs> oh god that was loud <laughs> But don't get me wrong, I was laughing my ass off in this there, film. Yeah, this film has a lot of funny moments. It has moments that aren't funny. We'll get to it. So, bring out your dead. I did like this. This is memorable. There's a lot of stuff here that's quite memorable for me. And the, I'm not dead yet. Well, I'm getting better. I think that line uh, is a lot better coming up in the witches skit with John Cleese is like, oh, she turned me into a newt. <laughs> I got better. Yeah. The line here that Eric Idle says. Where, I think I'll oh, go might- for a walk. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Where Eric Otto goes, who's that then? I don't know. Must be a king. Why? He hasn't got shit all over him. <laughs> that was actually an improvised line from him. Probably one of the very few improvised lines in this film. Well, I guess with a, a budget so small, they don't have the time to be mucking around with script rewrites on the fly. Yeah, they got to get they got to get it done. Yeah, yeah. I actually really like this next scene in the field with the dictatorship and the yeah. class system. This is what I like about Monty Python in general. Oh, I was going to say this is this. It's a wacky, it is kind silly, of stupid it film. It is silly physical comedy, but it's smart. Yeah, and there's so much intelligence in these jokes. And also because they wouldn't be talking like this in medieval time. You wouldn't have the king strolling through the field and then this guy talking about class dictatorship and, and how, oh, I didn't vote for you. And the story of Excalibur and oh, how that he gets was a sword. So funny. <laughs> Fantastic. And, and the, the response. Listen, strange women lying in ponds distributing swords is no basis for a system of government. Supreme executive power derives from a mandate from the masses, not from some farcical aquatic ceremony. Be quiet! Oh, but you can't expect to wield supreme executive power just because some watery tart threw a sword at you. Shut up! Oh, but if I went round saying I was an emperor just because some moistened bint had lobbed a scimitar at me, they'd put me away! Shut up! Will you shut up? Ah, now we see the violence inherent in the system. Shut up! All that stuff's really good. Even even the intro where we first... It's like, old woman, man. Yeah, well, I'm not going to call you man. <laughs> I'm 37, I'm not old. <laughs> well, what do I got? You could just say Dennis. <laughs> 
I love how they all have these real modern for the time names. Even you know? cutting like, back, even cutting forward to the sorcerer. There are some who call me Tim. Tim? Yeah, apparently he forgot the name, so yeah, he just improvised he just Tim. It. So Arthur and his horse, I guess, continue riding through. His servant Patsy. That's it. Continue they they continue riding through the the forest and it's quickly cut with this fight that's going on. Where the music is also stopping as well at yep. this point. And they watch the green knight fight. I like, the black knight, I like how the they keep knight. thinking it's over. And they like okay, they go to move forward. Oh no, they're still fighting. Yeah. Even him throwing the, the sword through the small slit. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it is. It's actually it's actually quite violent as well. There's a lot of yeah, you think that is for this sort of comedy. You th- don't think this is violent? I, I don't think. I don't think I can watch this now and say it's violent. You don't think this is violent? I would say there is some degree of violence to this film. Okay, especially when later on when Lancelot carves up all those people as well. It's very brutal for a yeah, film that's supposed to be lighthearted. Yeah, maybe I'm just desensitized to it. Fair enough. I didn't. It didn't register with me at all. But let's not move on from the the Black Knight yet. What do you think of the Black Knight? The character. The whole scene. Loved it. Yeah. I don't know. I felt this was not as funny as I remembered it to be. I still find it quite funny. It's very memorable. It's one of the most memorable scenes of the film. I like when he's got all four limbs cut off. Right, I'll do you for that. <laughs> I love how, right, especially we'll, with Arthur. We'll call it a draw. <laughs> he's He tries to speak prim and proper. Like, he's the king, and he, he speaks in that, that dialect that they use. Yet, once he's, uh, I think it's he's cut off both his arms and he's like I'll still get you he's like look you stupid bastard you got no arms <laughs> even when he he takes the first arm off and he's like now stand aside worthy adversary tis but a scratch a scratch your arm's off no it isn't well what's that then just a flesh wound <laughs> next up we get the the witch discussion with Connie Booth and I think this is one of the better scenes in the film the the dialogue is so clever the way that you've got uh, is it Lancelot? No. Uh, oh no! This is the weird Sir Benavir. Yeah, Terry Jones. Is. Yeah. So you've got him as this. You know, he's up on his perch. He's did educating. You, did you see what he's doing before the the witch uh, discussion starts? No. What was he doing? He's tying a coconut to a swallow. <laughs> is he really? <laughs> yes, he absolutely is. Wow. Yeah. Fair enough. Just the one swallow. Just the one. Hmm. But I like how he's this intellectual on this perch, and the way he's going through the process of how do you know she's a witch. And as you said before, well, she turned me into a newt. I got better. I got, I got better. Burner, burner. And it's like, why do witches burn? Because she's cause she's made of wood. That scene when they're all trying to figure out why she's a witch. Do you see that Eric Idle starts to bite down on his his blade, whatever it is? Because he's about to break character. He's about to start laughing. Yeah. And they know they can't. They don't, they don't have enough reel to shoot anymore. So there's even a certain point where like John Cleese has to turn his head because he's about to start laughing. They're trying to hold it in so much here. But like you said, with Benavir here, half the stuff he's saying, he's... He's just saying to sound smart. Like, he's not giving them the answers. Like, why do you think? And then when yeah. they say, like, that's right. Very yeah. good. I, lo- I love it. <laughs> love it. When, all right, everyone, what else floats in water? And then there's this long silence. And then Arthur is standing aside and he's like, a duck. And it's like, ooh, <laughs> who's this genius? <laughs> it's like, so logically, if she weighs the same as a duck, she's made of wood. And therefore, she's a witch. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> But when she gets weight on the scale... We shall use my larger scale. <laughs> when she gets weight on the scale and she is the same weight as the duck and they go, she's a witch, and she's like, they're nah, fair court, and they drag her off. Where do you end up on that? Do you think that she's a witch? And it's just through this stupid process of elimination that she, that, through sheer luck, that she turns out to be a witch. Or do you think because of this stupid scale... I think the scale's broken. I think... You that, think she's a witch. I think that she's a witch, and that through all this I'll, dumb luck... I'll be honest, I hadn't given her too much thought. <laughs> because I think the scale... Because when she hops off the scale, the duck goes down on the scale. So the scale works. So he's saying all witches weigh the same as a duck. Yep. Yeah. No, I don't buy it. Because they float on water. Like wood. I don't buy it. Moving on. Moving on to the uh our first glimpse of this book introducing us to other characters. Oh just breezing through some exposition here. We get uh Sir Not as Brave as Lancelot. (laughs) What a weird name. Very specific. Even uh Sir Not appearing in this film. The baby? Yeah. It's actually Michael Palin's son. Yeah, like that, that. I didn't find any of that funny. Really? Yeah. I didn't mind the sir not appearing in this film. Yeah, the baby. But they get to Camelot. 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 <laughs> I love how they're looking at it. They're just like, it's only a model. 
much. <laughs> that, that character of Percy was actually supposed to be a lot larger role uh, where he's the one that points out the inaccuracies of the making of this film. Uh, it turns out he gets reduced to the one line of, yeah, it's only a model. And then this is where the movie really starts to dip for me. Really? So soon? Yeah. Just for this song or just... Every- this song is... Nice the round table. It's so bad. Why? Because it's not funny. It's boring. It's long. And I didn't... I wasn't into it at all. All this... Like, funny dancing? Like, were you laughing at that scene? I laughed when it cuts to the guy hanging on the chains, giving a little clap. Clap into the music. It's gone now. Uh, For me, I just saw this and I'm just thinking, this is only here to pad out the runtime. Because this is a short film. And there's so many scenes in this film that I just felt like they were struggling to make 90 minutes. Yeah, okay. I I can see your point there. But I didn't find this scene as like, ugh. Come on. I was like, okay, it's it's fine. I enjoyed the song. It's I didn't fun. laugh. Yep. I do like how they cut back. He's like, no, nah, let's not go to Camelot. But weird, pe- weird people there. And they move on from to their journey. And we get God animated in the sky. This this animation is like the Monty Python animation. I tell you, all the animation was not a fan of. Okay, well then that's that's what they've done their entire career. This Well, that's fine. I'm not judging their entire career. I'm judging this movie. And for me, all the animated cartoony stuff didn't work for me. Okay. I treat it as this is Monty Python and I accept this. Okay. I think you accept it because you want to love it. No, I don't love this bit. No, but you love the I movie. To- I told you. I do love this movie, but there yeah. are some bits now on a rewatch that aren't as funny as the rest this stuff here i admire the animation i admire what you admire the animation yeah, i like what they've done here i like terry gilliam's animation i don't think it's funny but i do appreciate what he's done but it is god who tells them their quest to find the holy grail got a angry god at points isn't he well it must be old testament fire and brimstone god that's right again i'll say it but i'll probably stop because you get very emotional we get the animated cartoon trumpets not my thing Flying angels with harps. Yeah. Do you see this stuff and think, ah, that's, that's No, fun. I already said I didn't laugh at it. Yeah, good. Just just making sure we got that on record. We already had it on record. I admire it. I appreciate it. wasn't funny. How iconic is John Cleese as a Frenchman, though? That outrageous accent. <laughs> <laughs> I am French. Why do you think I have this outrageous accent? <laughs> Man, I love the cow launcher. <laughs> I fought in your general direction. You love the cow launcher. How ridiculous it is. They bring out this cow and you hear this boom. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> even when they're like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, breaking that sort, that sort of um, moniker of the King Arthur. Like, you are indeed breaking. Jesus Christ. <laughs> if you do not agree to my commands, then I shall. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> classic, classic Monty Python. Yeah, I, I did think it was funny where you get the Trojan rabbit. Oh, I love how it cuts away and you see John Cleese like listening and hearing the soaring and all that in the distance. Yeah. And he's just looking at me like, what is going on? He's so he's so alert. Yeah, and they bring in the rabbit and then the, the cabin was like, well, we got to get in the rabbit and then we come out and then they're like, what have you done? We've just put it in there. And then... It's lucky they didn't get in it. The same with the cow launcher. Boom! <laughs> it comes flying at them again. Crushes the, uh, the poor... Horse person? What'd you call him? His name's Patsy. That wasn't Patsy. Oh, who did I call him then? His servant guy. One of them. One of the different His servants. His servant is-, is Patsy. No, one of the other servants. Oh, the- I don't know who it is. I was asking what you called the person because I was calling him a horse person. I don't know. Dennis? Dennis. We'll go with Dennis. <laughs> and here's where the film takes quite an interesting turn with the famous historian. Yeah, so again, this is something I wasn't a fan of. Well, I feel like they have these bits in because... Was this guy the guy narrating it beforehand? No, I think the narrator is one of the Monty Python people. Can't remember who. Probably Terry Jones. But I feel like having this historian in and bringing it to the real, like, modern time gives them that way of ending the film. Having... Because uh, we'll get to that at the end. With Wait, the, with I'm looking forward to this. Yeah. But I feel like having this here, it is some sort of... Uh, call to the fact that this historian guy who's talking about this history and just gets completely throat slit. It's kind of Holy Grail's take on, you weren't even there. You don't know what you're talking about. Shut the fuck up. All these historians are coming out and say, this is what happens. Like, well, you only know a small amount. So you don't need to hear from this guy. He's He's gone. I thought, it was, I thought it was a nice fun... Because history was written by the victors of, of what? Yes, I know. But that guy wasn't there, so you don't talk to me. All right. Sir Robin. They all split up? Yes, they yeah. do all split up and we Brave get... Brave Sir Robin. Brave this, Sir Robin. This was very funny. I, lo- I really enjoyed the jester. Yeah, how he's talking about how he's just going to get <laughs> mutilated. And- His body <laughs> okay, will be that. smashed and then... He was not in the least bit scared to be mashed into a pulp. 
Or to have his eyes gouged out and his elbows broken. To have his kneecap split and his body burned away. And his limbs all hacked and mangled, brace a robin. His head smashed in and his heart cut out and his liver removed and his bowels unplugged and his nostrils raped and his bottom burnt off and his penis... That's, that's, uh, that's enough music for now, lads. <laughs> Just the looks. Okay, you can you can stop doing that now, please. Even when he runs away and he started, he chickened out, he ran away. He's like, stop that! No, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, he bravely retreated, <laughs> <laughs> and all the scientists walking past is like, uh, safe way this way or um, dead, uh, completely dead one mile this way. Yeah, all those little bits there, hilarious. No, that was a good scene. One thing that wasn't as funny as I initially thought Here was we the, the triple head knight. I didn't laugh at this point. You didn't? And honestly, I can't remember what they what, what the jokes were. It, it was a quite a forgettable scene. You feel? I feel like you're pained in saying such negativity towards this holy grail of a film. That was that pun was too easy. <sighs> I feel like you've been waiting to say that sort of It just line. came to me. It just came to me. Oh, I think as soon as I said last time we're doing Holy Grail, like, I'm doing a Holy Grail pun. <laughs> I must get writing. <laughs> now, this scene uh, wasn't that funny. So what do you think of it? Um, I'm assuming because I didn't think it was funny, you also didn't think it was funny. I didn't. F- no, it wasn't. It wasn't one of the bad scenes. As I said, I like the Sir Robin skit. I think the jester makes it all funny. Okay. But if you want to shit all over this classic scene of Holy Grail. Hardly shitting. Hardly shitting. (laughs) All right. The tale of Sir Galahad. Being tempted by all the ladies. Yeah, this was terrible. I didn't like this at all. Did you like this stuff? I thought it was going to go a different way. I didn't know whether they were going to like, they were actually meaning what they were saying or they were just trying to tempt him to kill him. But I do like the the fourth wall breaking when they're talking about the Grail on the river. She's like... This isn't this funny. We didn't know whether to keep this in or not. And then it cuts to characters who haven't even been in the movie yet telling them to hurry up and get on with the movie for them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I thought it saved it. Like, yeah, I think they know this isn't the funniest, so they put in this fourth wall break. And that that makes it okay, being not funny? It amps it back up. It makes it worth it. Hardly. No, it doesn't. It's not hardly. It It, it it does. It does. Ah, it was boring. Zoot is not a great character. Buddy Lancelot, Cockbox Galahad. He was going to have a good time there. He was going to get some oral sex. Yes. And some light spanking. (laughs) Well, he was going to be giving the spanking. Yes. Then we get to uh, scene 24 out of the book. The meeting with the old man. Yes. Yes. But the voiceover, talking about how we're going to scene 24, mentions the the swallow and the coconut again. And as he's told to get on with it, he continues and you hear in the background that he, he gets punched or killed or something. Did you not pick up on that? Who? The voiceover guy talking over the book. He's talking about scene 24. We've got a couple of lovely young actors here in this scene and, and he starts mentioning swallows and coconuts and then you hear him because he's taking too long. He gets knifed or something in the background. Shit. No, I didn't pick up on that. On to scene 24, which is a smashing scene with some lovely acting in which Arthur discovers as a vital clue in which there aren't any swallows but I think you can hear a stop but Arthur talking to the the bridge keeper that we'll we'll soon see mentions the bridge of death obviously the gorge of eternal peril that's right sets it up for later on very um it reminded me of is it Macbeth where they go to see the witches Ooh, you're asking the wrong person here in terms of Shakespeare plays yeah it reminded me of that Okay, but good you, you good have job. no idea. So no, no idea. I shall stop this line of conversation. Let's get to the knights who say knee knee. What do you think of this? This is my excellent. Interesting. Okay, tell us about it then, mate. I just thought it was really funny how well Graham Chapman and the other crews were acting like they're in physical pain whenever they started going knee knee knee. <laughs> Oh, they're just like, ah, ah, stop it, stop it. What about when they go to the village and he says knee to the woman? She's like, oh. <laughs> the knights will say, no, yeah. no, 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 knee, knee. This whole thing. And when they go back as well, <laughs> you must cut down the tallest tree in the forest with a herring. <laughs> and you were talking about music cues before. Yeah, this, this yeah. is what I'm talking about. This is the funniest music cues here when... We require a shrubbery. <laughs> like a shrubbery. A shrubbery. <laughs> it's just like one that looks nice and not too expensive. <laughs> it was really funny. And when they come back and he's like, and he says, cut down it with a herring and the sound comes on again. And, and Arthur's like, what? Like he just, he's not even having it anymore. He's like, you got to get another shrubbery, a two-level one with a little path in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought this was really funny. Ah, very good. Good, uh, good uh, favourite scene, I guess. Well, it made me laugh the most, and I think in a movie like this, 
that's really got to be the my favorite. Of scene. course, yeah. I mean, you're choosing, the, yeah. you're watching a straight out comedy. Whichever one is the funniest yeah. is probably going to be your favorite scene. Yep. Oh, I know. I've said it, but all right. Let's get your opinion. What did you make of this cartoon of the man walking down all the stairs? Oh, yelling at the the weather to go away. Yeah, it's okay. It's very long. It's fine. I don't have it's any. Fine. Pro- yeah. I don't have any problems with these. Have you seen the meaning of life? Yeah, I didn't like it. Yeah, it's not as good as these two highly popular Monty Python films, Holy yeah. Grail and Life of Brian. Yeah, I think it has a lot of animation in that too from memory. Uh, I haven't seen it in a in Yeah, like I saw it once, years. never watched it again. Yeah. I've seen this and Life of Brian a lot. I actually think I've only seen Life of Brian once. Really? Yeah. Oh, it's so funny. I imagine it is. It's funnier than this. I'd have to watch it again to, to find out. I'm sorry. But to me, this is the funniest. <laughs> he had a wife, you know. <laughs> Sorry, we'll do that next this time. Is, this is so we'll funny. do that for another podcast. Because, because. <laughs> Again, we get this quick shot of the cops investigating this historian's murder. Yeah. Just can, setting, you explain just this, can you explain this to me? It's setting up the fact that this medieval stuff isn't actually happening in medieval times. So is this... This is like cosplay. Is this the ultimate like fourth wall break? Is it that they're making a movie? No, because this is more. Oh, I don't know actually, because right at the very end, he like puts the hand on the camera, like no, no, stop, yeah, stop filming. The camera's there. I thought like it's it's definitely the fact that these people are just role playing these medieval people because the cops just bust in and, and and take them out. So they are not who they are acting to be. I don't think so all these people are pretending. So King Arthur doesn't actually think. I know King this Arthur. is a cop out, but I I think we're looking too far into this comedy that has real no real plot and it's just there for laughs. Well, I just it's something that I never understood, and I know you love this movie so much because it's so damn we'll funny. Defend it to the day you die, but I just maybe I, think I I've wanted ever to- been so like hardcore. Fucking love this film. Anyone who loves this. Everyone I can just tell because every time I've said something that isn't anything but praise, you get very defensive. You've mentioned like I'm attacking you you personally. I don't think that's what it is, to be honest. I think you're making this shit up. See, even now you're being very hostile. Yeah, because you're saying this shit. You should see him, listeners, (laughs) clenching his fist. I'm on my fifth holy grail. physically pointing to me. (laughs) I'm on my fifth holy grail (laughs) ale. I've had enough. What about the tale of Sir Lancelot? Yeah, see, again, I didn't like this guy. This boy, this blonde, blah, 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 blah. And you know how he keeps going to sing a song that's done, like, what, four times? Yep. Yeah, I didn't I didn't like any of that. What about the dad explaining to the guards? Keeping that, in- that was hilarious. Yes, it was. That, oh, man, I was love. It actually... It- <laughs> Sort of uh, Family Guy-esque in a way where mm-hmm. you're watching it and it's like, oh, this has gone on too long. This isn't funny anymore. And then it gets so much funnier. When they go to leave when with they- him. <laughs> He's like, all right, bye. And they go, it's like, what are you doing? Oh, I thought we were coming with you. <laughs> oh, I was, yeah, I was in hysterics. It was really funny. The one little bit just before Lancelot rocks up where the young guy is trying to throw the arrow out the window as he's just casually tying up the, the letter and the guards just standing there smiling like they got no idea what's going on it's not a punchline but the sound effect when he flings the arrow like doom, as it goes out the window he's like quickly and, and he big smile says I got a little kick out of that one I'm glad someone did a lot of people did but Lancelot uh, picks up the arrow as it gets driven into this his is, horse this, this is not bad I love how he reads it and he just the way it sounds it's, it sounds like a woman trapped in a tower yeah <laughs> But when he, when he when he's trying to pedal back when the dad comes in. No, no, when when he's talking to his you know, his fake horse, he's like, Oh, I'm alright, I can get it. Like, no, no, you stay here, brave sir. I will avenge you. He's like, no, no, I can get up, I'm good. The I tell you what, the running towards the castle with the two guards out the front <laughs> so good, so funny. You, again, you, you mentioned music cues before. The fact that you have the two guards standing at the front, it's silent, and they're just like chewing, just watching, and then it cuts to John Cleese as he's running towards the camera. It's the same shot like yeah, six times. exactly. And yeah. the guy's just like, what's going on? <laughs> and then, ah, he's just there, <laughs> stabs the one guy. The other guy's like, hey. <laughs> and then he goes in and goes on a murdering spree, takes out anyone he can see, then realises that he's not a woman and quickly... Uh, Forgets about him, has a chat with the dad about how, you know, good they are. And even the, the kid's still trying to escape with him, pulling going out the, the window with his uh, bed sheet. Yeah. Dad just cuts the line. <laughs> See you later. 
Yeah. We get another music song here. Yeah, but I think this is played for... Not laughs, because obviously it wasn't funny. Well, I'm more interested in uh, like the funny part where John Cleese is trying to escape on the, the rope and he can't. He doesn't let go. He can't, he can't find a place to stop, so he just swings back and forth. He's like, can someone get out of the way, please? Please let me down. Thank you. But you like the song, obviously. The song's okay. Huh. Again, these songs, I'm not... I don't hate them. Yeah, you seem to, you see No, no. You seem to actively hate these songs. No, I'm just trying to get you to see that... Yeah, maybe it's not as much of a perfect movie as you claim. I already said at the start of this that it's not as as funny yeah. as I originally thought. Oh, good. Thought. Yeah, it's definitely not as funny as we thought. What are you trying to say? Nothing. I'm just, I'm just saying stu- back what you're, you're saying. You've got this stupid shit-eating grin on your face. It was my face. He's got antagonistic Dean coming in tonight. This is what happens when I have a when when you pick the movie. When I have a great (laughs) film, actually, to be fair, two out of the three films I've picked, you know, some of my personal favorites, and you can be like, I am. I don't care what it is. I'm just going to shit on this film. Can't wait for you to pick Jaws. But the thing is, you shit on these films and you get so much backlash. Like, what are you talking about? You think this is a crap film? Yeah, I, I, I agree. I can't wait for Jaws. And the response people are going to give to you on your opinion of that film. Oh, well, we'll see. Maybe it's... We'll see. <laughs> but we get some of your favourite scenes here. The animation of everyone meeting back up and all the seasons changing. From winter to spring to summer to autumn. Then winter again. And they skipped everything and went back to autumn. Ah, yes. More cartoon stuff. Yeah. All good stuff. Yeah? Yeah. Like this one. It's all good? Yeah, I like this part. Huh. But we meet Sorcerer Tim. We have this sorcerer on top of these mountains. How? What percentage of the budget you went? do you think went into all these explosions? Oh, uh, there 20%. Was a there was heaps. <laughs> I'm watching, I'm like, these would have cost money. Yes. <laughs> these are large timed explosions. He's, wow. You know the, the shots where you got the sorcerer standing on like those really high mountains, I guess, those really thin ones? That's actually John Cleese. Up there. He didn't want to have to get someone else to come in and do it because it was going to run more time, run more budget. So he just did it. He was saying something like, if I dropped on one side, if I fell on one side, it would have killed me. If I fell on the other one, it would, if I fell on the other side, it would have maimed me. And to make matters worse, the wind was so harsh that it was blowing him left and right. So, mm. But good on him. Good commitment that he wanted to just get up there and get it done. And he did well. Love the setup to this monster in the cave. To the north lies a cave. A creature so foul, so cruel that no man yet has fought it and lived. I just, I love that they go up to the cave, they peer over, like, where is it? It's there! It's like, what, behind the rabbit? It is a rabbit! That is funny. One of the knights is like, I soiled my armour, I was so scared. I saw Robert. So you had us all, you had us all scared and nervous. <laughs> And then they send one of the guys out. He gets decapitated and we get another, Jesus Christ! <laughs> oh, that was gold. Oh, we get the holy hand grenade here. What do you think of this little um, reading the instructions of counting to three? Yeah, it was all right. What do you think? I laughed my ass off. Did you? Yeah. Just the old timey way of speaking. Three shall be the number thou shalt count and the number of the counting shall be three. Four shalt thou not count Neither count thou two, excepting that thou then proceed to three. Yeah, and we cut to the modern police officers reacting to the sound of the explosion. Yep. You see, obviously, in some of the shots of the killer rabbit that it's a fake little bunny, of course, when it's like flying flying back and forth, left and right, killing all the, the knights. But are, you, this, are you saying it wasn't a real white bunny? In the shots where it is a real white bunny, they dyed it with what, it, what they oh, assumed was oh yeah. a washable red colouring liquid. That's awkward. Yeah, but when they wrapped up, the uh, owner of the rabbit <laughs> learned that he couldn't rinse that off. So the shooting had to be stopped very abruptly while the owner watched all these Monty Python people try and wash this stuff off this off his pet rabbit to uh, no avail, of course. Unlucky. Unsuccessful attempt. Hmm. Some say that rabbit is still red out there. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well done, Ando. So they're in the cave and they see the, ro- the writing on the wall. The Holy Grail can be found in the castle of... Oh. <laughs> Even these little back and forth jokes, like, I don't think he would have written, ah, as he died. Now, what did you think? You know what I thought. You didn't like the animated beast? No, you know I didn't. I thought this was the best part of the animation. Oh, I thought you were going to say the movie. Best part of the animation? I mean, it might have been, but that's a fucking low bar. At least with this animation, it plays into the movie. (laughs) No, I I didn't like it. No. Okay. I love the fourth wall breaking of the animator having the heart attack, and that's how they get out of there. That's the deus ex machina of this movie. Yeah, I just I couldn't get behind it. It just okay. felt cheap. And where cheap? Yeah, where the coconuts are funny, the rabbit beast is funny, right? So this is all stuff that 
they had to do to, you know, fulfill their budgeting. Yeah, yeah. This beast being a cartoon just felt lazy. Like, they didn't need to do it. Should just kept this white bunny. It was funny. No, I disagree with this No one, one talks about this scene and says, oh, how funny was that cartoon with all the eyes? Yeah, classic. No, everyone talks about the funny white rabbit. Yeah, because that's funnier. Yeah. Yeah, but they can't keep this going. They need to have scenes. What, what do, you, do you think that the rabbit scene is going to get funnier if they extend it even longer? I think it was a perfectly well-timed rabbit joke. Okay. Do you, oh. do you like all the fourth wall breaking in this? Yeah, it's, it's fun. Really, because the the fourth wall break with the uh, the women, you don't like that scene at all. No, I you don't, don't like the fourth wall break of the animator. Nope, ha- having a heart attack. Nope. All right, you've convinced me. I'm with you. Yeah, you're right. It's not very funny. That's <laughs> not what I said at all. <laughs> I love how you say this stuff when we have clear evidence that's not what happened. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but we get to the bridge of death, and I assume this is your excellent. Well, we know now, don't we? <laughs> yeah, I've always loved this scene. It's, it's it's so good. It is good. Just the three prong setup to this joke. You get Lancelot comes down and he's he's tough. He's mighty. He doesn't know what to expect, and he's so he stands back his shoulders. Ask me the questions, Bridgekeeper. I'm not afraid. And he answers those stupid simple questions. What's your favourite colour? Blue. Right off you go. He's like, oh, thank you, thank you very much. And then Robin comes up. And he, he's just trying to get like, yeah, I know what's going on. And then when, what does he say? What, what is the capital of Asteria? Yeah. He's like, he's like oh, oh, I don't know that. <laughs> just see him fly over the top. And then it's Galahad that comes up. And oh, this is the best. This is the best. What is your, what is your favourite colour? Blue. No. Blue. No. Yellow. <laughs> It's gold. It is so gold. And then Arthur comes out. And, the, and again... This is where the swallow jokes pay off. The final callback. And he's like, African or European swallow? And then the... the well, I, I, I don't know. know that. <laughs> Straight into the drink. Man, it's so good. That whole setup, that... It was a four-prong payoff. Every part of this joke is fantastic. It is the funniest part of this movie. Oh, very good. Dean, I hope you liked this use of an intermission. <laughs> crossing the bridge, intermission, still crossing the bridge. Yeah. Better than Ben-Hur? I mean... Everything's bigger, better than Ben Hur. Bigger than Ben Hur. <laughs> they they cross the bridge. It's like, where's Lancelot? Lancelot. He's getting cut he's straight, like, getting pat downs from the cops. <laughs> but they sail over to Castle R. Did you notice? I, I'm assuming this was intentional. They pull back on the boat going over to the castle, and just in the corner on the like on the other side of the river or the lake, whatever it is, there's a tinny, a little tinny boat, like a modern day boat. There. No, I didn't say it. That's definitely playing part of. This is real. This is modern day, and they they've gone and done this medieval stuff. While we can medieval. clearly see, yes, while we can clearly see a modern day boat sitting there, but it's a French castle. John Cleese is back. Because <laughs> why not? Yes, uh, after a lot of taunting from the French, they they leave. Bring back the army, though. Bring back their entire army, and you you think here we go? They're going to charge in. They're going to they're going to take him down. Yep. No, the cops pull in, handcuff Arthur and Benavir. I'm assuming it's Benavir. Could be Belvedere. I, I think it's Be- Benavir. He was the he was the the sixth knight that I couldn't really remember his name. They know they uh they chuck him in the back of the divvy van. Cops tell him to turn the camera off. Yeah, goes to black. And honestly, I didn't know if this was the end of the movie. Just plays a song. I'm just like, is is this it? This is it. Oh wow, that's it. The film's abrupt ending came because they didn't have the budget for a large scale battle sequence. So this is how they wanted to end it. How else could they have ended it with no with no battle sequence to do? Let's let's go with that fourth wall breaking comedy. Cops pull in, arrest them, turn the camera off. We're done. I like it. Do you like it? Does it fit with the movie? Uh, the, I the, don't, the, I the don't movie know. that we've got so far. Of, Does it fit with it? I guess because you've had so many scenes now with the modern day people yeah. that. Hey, it makes sense. It it definitely helps their budget issues and fits in with all the fourth wall breaking. So yeah, it's a, it's an appropriate end for this movie. Awesome. Okay, that's going to do it. Any last words? All right, Dean. I'm I don't know. I'm I'm interested to hear your final thoughts here. I mean, I I feel like you have some idea. I just I feel like this is one of those movies where people still love it because they have such fond nostalgic memories of it. I don't think this film holds up today. It's a film that definitely has some laughs throughout. I just think there's so much that misses for me. How it's not a long film. To have so many scenes that don't land is an issue. All the cartoon stuff, it doesn't work for me. And there's heaps of it. And so much of it, especially like the guy running down the huge tower of stairs, it's like this is just filling out this runtime. And I don't like watching a movie thinking, gee, they're struggling to come up with jokes here that work. Let's put in things to just pass the time. Because I don't want to watch that. It's boring. 
Having said that, the jokes that do land, some of them are hilarious. These guys are obviously super, super talented and it's so quotable. Like there's so many lines in this film that I just, I you know them so well. Like, tis but a scratch. Like, a scratch? Like, it just, <laughs> I may not have thought straight away like, oh, that's a Holy Grail joke, but I know the line so well. No doubt original for its time. As I said, just didn't hold up for me, but definitely has its funny moments. Three stars. Over to you, Hendo. I what is your rebuttal? love this film. Hilariously wacky, endlessly quotable. I mean, the Monty Python lads have certainly struck gold with their intelligent goofball style of comedy. Particularly how it plays in this medieval setting. All six bring their own style of laughs in all the varying characters they play. The lack of real plot is not an issue for this brand of movie, as we're here for the laughs, and the constant use of fourth wall breaking and real world integration just amps up the hilarity for me. Now, initially when I chose this film, I had this very high up on my own personal list of favorite films of all time. And while it's not as funny as it was for me when I was Thank younger. Thank you. I'm glad we're on the same page. It is still hilarious. So many scenes in this movie, I was in fits of laughter. I knew I could do them word for word. Some of the other ones were light chuckles. I didn't mind the animation. I respected it. I feel like this comes in at a crisp hour and a half, and the majority of this film is hilarious. And while some certain scenes have definitely lowered on the laughs, for me, it is still... Amazing. Amazing. Outstanding. Just not as high on my own personal list as it used to be. You're insane. I was the best because the crowd loved me. All right, Dean, where's this going to sit on your rankings? Okay, so this is our 35th film we've done. 35 already. And obviously three stars, so it's going to be in the bottom end for me. Uh, I'm going to put it above, let's go to Rocky at number 30. Definitely better than Rocky. Another great choice from you there. Thank you. Better than City Lights, 29. Yeah, better than Some Like It Hot at 28. Then it comes up against Vertigo, and I think it's just much more rewatchable than Vertigo. So I'm going to put it just there, below Wild Tales, and above Vertigo at number 27. Below Wild Tales is one of the most disgusting opinions you've ever given on this podcast. Okay. I don't know what's worse, either your overall Rocky opinion or the fact that Holy Grail is worse than Wild Tales. I still recommend Holy Grail. Not enough. All right, so should we just put it at your number one and move on, or...? Have you not been listening? Oh, that's right. You give every movie five stars. So Hmm. where does your five stars start for you, Hendo? 30? No, let's start off at 14 with The Terminator. Which one's funnier? (laughs) (laughs) I'll be back. Ha! Bet you didn't know I was going to say that. (laughs) I'm actually putting it here. (laughs) Okay, fair enough. So, at number 15? Yeah. Monty Python and the Holy Grail is going to sit at my new number 15. Very good. I feel like I've uh, maybe let you see the light a bit. It's a very soft five-star movie, Hendo. I think I came into tonight with this opinion already. Mm, pretty sure you didn't. Your shit opinion almost made me make it go higher again. I doubt it. What's up, guys? This is Gerald and my buddy right across from me, as always. Andy. We are two peas on a podcast, and we want to invite you to join us weekly as we discuss. What do we talk about? We talk about a little bit of everything. We I do. mean, we talk about too much. Events, we talk about too politics, much politics, sports. We, we talk, even talk about sports. We're dudes. We yeah, talk we talk about, about too much stuff. In fact, don't join us. It's too much. <laughs> it's too complicated. I think you're confusing uh, them, Gerald. <laughs> we are a weekly podcast discussing current events, pop culture, hot topics. Hot. The topics uh, are hot. Not the retail store. Just uh, Hot Topics. Well, oh, I used to anything, love, That was a great story. If anything happened at Hot Topic, we would discuss that as well. Do you want to get your black Metallica shirt and some studded earrings? Yeah, we'll talk about that. But yeah. uh, my name is Gerald and my buddy Andy, and you can catch us on Two Peas on a Podcast. Please go to our website. It's twopeasonapod.com. Check it out. Check us out on Twitter at Two Peas on a Pod and subscribe via iTunes or Google Play. We hope to hear you listening. Is that, we can't we can't do that though, can we? No, we can do. It. We can hear them listening. Uh, we we hope to see that you listened via yes. our stats or whatever. We're everywhere. Uh, but check us out. Two peas on a podcast, guys. Hey, listeners, we just want to take a quick second here to thank you all for taking the time out of your day to come and listen to us banter on about movies and all things movie-related. Yeah, it really does mean a lot to the both of us. We're always looking to improve our show to get our name out there, and there's a couple of ways you can help us. Yeah, one of the easiest ways is to just get the word of mouth out there. You know, let your family and friends know about the show and where they can find us, which is pretty much everywhere. Places like Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and another personal favourite of mine, CastBox. 
And if you'd like to get a hold of us, you can contact us on Twitter at twitter.com slash imdbjourney, our Facebook page at facebook.com slash imdbjourney, or you can email us at imdbjourney at gmail.com. Exactly. Another way to help us out is to leave a five-star rating and review on iTunes for us. Or if you're really loving the content and are looking for more, why not check out our Patreon, where we post another weekly show, breaking down films not on the IMDb Top 250 list. Yeah, that's right. What have we got coming up this week, Kendo? Well, Dean, we've nearly finished our X-Men series, and we're into X-Men Apocalypse. I've only seen this once, a couple of years ago. Yeah, I'm the same boat. I saw it when it came out. The movie's never had the urge to rewatch it, even though I feel like I was pretty high on it when I saw it. Yeah, me too. Uh, but I don't know how I'm going to go uh, when we actually do a full breakdown of this film. But at the end of this film series, we're going back to a director series, and we've got a couple of options in mind. I feel like one is standing out to me personally. There are a couple of good films coming up, I reckon. Absolutely. So if that sounds like something you'd be interested in, head on over to patreon.com slash imdbjourney and check out the myriad of rewards and benefits we have to offer. Do you like podcasts? Do you like listening to podcasts? Do you have ears? Do you like Justin and Chrissy? The That's our names. I know. We have a podcast. It's called So I Married a Movie Geek. Check out this clip where we talk Star Wars sex. No! This is, I don't know how to explain this articulately, but the, what quote unquote gives me lady boners as far as this goes is not a person and not like, especially not like a guy where, you know, like hair support or, or Luke or, you know, even if I swung the other way and said, Ooh, Leia. What do you want? He walks like stacked on top of each other. <laughs> I mean. Little double Ewoks. If I, if, if I were going to go that route, I would just go for Chewbacca. Like, why do I need two stacked on top of each other when I can have Chewbacca? So you like movies? Do you like good times? Check us out. We're So I Married a Movie Geek at Movie Geekcast on Twitter. We're on Facebook, iTunes, Podbean, Google Play, Stitcher, all those other things. We'll see you at the movies. All right, now it's time for... We may still have mail. Mail, mail, mail. Here it is. And this oh. could be it. Uh, and we've got just the one review over on Twitter. Yeah, well, I mean, what does that tell you about this film? Not a lot of passionate uh, love for it out there anymore, Hendo? I think that everyone just agrees that it's an awesome comedy that they don't need to say that. But here's one from the cinema guys. This movie is so quotable and rewatchable. Possibly one of the best cinematic comedies of all time. Thanks, Brad. Completely agree. Well, anything's possible. Well, why don't we head over to our emails and we've got... Yeah! Very curious to hear what your brother Shane, a notoriously hard marker. I'm a huge fan of this movie. Oh, you're my favourite Jeffrey now, Shane. How do you? And Monty Python in general. As far as comedy goes, they were ahead of their time and utterly masterful in their craft. Every member of the team brings something memorable to each of their roles, even the smaller ones. As far as Holy Grail goes, I've seen it a million times, and the scenes skits still bring a chuckle to my lips. So many classic pieces, The Bridge of Death, The Holy Hand Grenade, The Tale of Sir Lancelot, The Frenchman on Top of the Castle, even The Knight Who Say Knee have their moments. Whoa, did he mention The Knights Who Say Knee as like the lower portion of all those? Like barely gets through? That's your favourite scene. Yeah, also not as high as The Awesome Tale of Sir Lancelot. Questionable judgement there. (laughs) Of the cast, everyone shines equally. If I had to pick a favourite from this movie, maybe Eric Idle. Comparisons will of course be made with Life of Brian, which I believe is a much, much better movie. Well said, Shane. But they're still both classics in my mind. Well said, Shane. <laughs> if anyone thinks Holy Grail is better, I can only tell them to fuck off and... <laughs> wait, oh, sorry, sorry. I may have improvised there. I can only point to the endings of both the movies. One closing with the near high point of the film with catchy and hilarious jingle. The other going out with one of the most abrupt endings in cinematic history. Take your pick, I guess. Indeed I will, Shane. Thanks for that review. Thank you very much, Shane. Good to know that you're basically in my boat here. All right, now let's get into... That's my question! The question, jerk! Where we asked you, what is your favourite British comedy? All right, let's start off over on Twitter, shall we, Dean? First one here from Jimmy Roberts. Hot Fuzz. Seen it about ten times and it never gets old. An amazing ensemble comedy cast, great one-liners, and a brilliant twist. Next up, Carolina says, Full Monty. British comedy is so good. JD, the Intercession Film Podcast has gone with The Trip. You heard of The Trip? No, I haven't. Have you? I have. I've yet to see it, though. Okay. 
Kevin Brackett says Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Brunch with the Halliwell says, does this movie count? And there's a little gif of Spice World. I mean, it can count. Well, we said British comedy, didn't we? Well, they try, I think. <laughs> Is it a comedy? Yeah. Okay. Apparently. Movie reviews in 20 Qs say definitely Shaun of the Dead. Morphic Fields says A Fish Called Wanda. Have you seen that? I have actually. I have not. Ryan Al Terry says hands down Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Here's one from our lovely patron Eliani Silvermist, A Fish Called Wanda. Matt Neglier at the Next Best Picture podcast says I have such a soft spot for In Bruges. From Under the Thumb says Shaun of the Dead or Hot Fuzz obviously but Four Weddings and a Funeral was Richard Curtis on some serious form. Adam Ben says Monty Python and the quest for the Holy Grail. Paul Stephen Edwards says Life of Brian. Glenda Fordham says an oldie but a goldie. Carry on, cabbie. Have you seen any of the Carry On movies? Is there more than There's this one? There's a whole series of Carry Ons. Wow. I've... I saw Carry On Doctor once and I pissed myself laughing. Really? Yeah. I have not even heard of these. And let's go with the last one here on Twitter from Rob Bean. Very nice. All right, over to our Facebook page from Kieran French. Both Simon Pegg and Nick Frost movies. Hot Fuzz, Shaun of the Dead and The World's End are always a good laugh. Chris Wooldridge says Dr. Strangelove is the greatest comedy ever. Ever. Trying to get your point across there, Chris. Michelle Jane says Hot Fuzz all the way. Matt Ward says Shaun of the Dead, Rom Zomcom. And our last one here from Taylor Salmon, The Full Monty. No questions why. Brilliant. And lastly, let's head over to our Patreon for our lovely patrons' answers. First one here from Shane Jeffrey. He's got with an interesting, interesting choice here. Kevin and Perry go large. Yeah, I... Uh, Tell us about that one, Dean. I'm pretty sure I had the privilege of seeing that with Shane when he first saw it. And the first 10 minutes is some of the funniest stuff you'll ever see. I've rewatched it and the rest of the movie doesn't hold sway for me, but yeah, definitely one of Shane's favourites, all-time favourites. Okay. I've never seen it. Have you heard of it? Yeah. Never seen it. Never intend to. In saying that... Ooh, did you hear that, Shane? Yeah. And in saying that, I know... Never to see it. I know what just happened. Yes. Let's do a breakdown. <laughs> Last one here from Ben Mulvihill. Hot Fuzz is my favourite British comedy, but I believe The Life of Brian is the funniest. Thank you very much, everyone, for your responses. But, Dean, let's do our top five British comedies. Now, how strict are you on this comedy genre? Have you gone sub-genres of comedy here? Like crime comedies, action comedies? Yes. Okay, yes, good. Me yes. too. Yes, okay. Just wanted to clarify that. All right, mate, let's start off with you. What is your number five? Four Weddings and a Funeral. Okay. Have you seen it? No. Interesting. Mm. My number five is Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels. Wow. Yeah. What? I, just, I thought you were a much bigger fan of that movie. Well, much like your Batman list last week, all these five are five stars for me. Wow. Okay. My number four is Notting Hill. Notting Hill. Okay. I haven't seen that either. I mean, it's really I'm... not your thing, is it? You know, laughing. <laughs> <laughs> My number four is the aforementioned Monty Python and the Holy Grail. My number three is the also less aforementioned Life of Brian. Okay. Well, my number three is Shaun of the Dead. Ah, yes. My number two is where it should be, Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels. Well, my number two is the next film after that, Snatch. And my number one film is Snatch. Well, my number one film is Trainspotting. Ah, okay. Yeah. Love me some drug comedy. Yes, you do. You find drug abuse quite humorous. (laughs) You couldn't even keep it together. (laughs) And for next week's question of the week, we're going to go year specific. We haven't done that in a while. So we're going to go, what is your favorite film of 1975? A couple of good choices in there. What do you think, Dean? There's some winners. Definite winners. There's also some disappointing films there, which we'll get into next time. We're both masters. Who won? How did it end? All right, it's time to take a look at the draft results from our Pod v Pod 18 against Jay Ledbetter and Ryan McQuaid from In Session Film. Now, we went into this draft in a tie, and the draft theme was non-superhero films starring Avengers actors, and this was a 10-movie mega draft. Tough doing 10 films. It is. Well, it's tough. It's not tough picking 10 films. It's tough judging which list is better. Yeah. So for this draft, we were team two and the boys were team one. They had Pop Fiction, Zodiac, A Star Is Born, Blade Runner 2049, Scott Pilgrim vs. The World, Boogie Nights, The Cabin in the Woods, Arrival, The Hurt Locker, and Master and Commander. Yes, and we had Saving Private Ryan, Eternal Sunshine and the Spotless Mind, The Prestige, Her, Room, Anchorman, 12 Years a Slave, Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl, 
Wind River, and The Martian. Let's take a look at some responses here. First one from Ghost of the Stratosphere. Scott Pilgrim and Cabin in the Woods are both top 10 ever for me. So, in-session film. From a podcast about something, IMDb Journey, and I don't think it's close. Sam from the Movie Reviews and 20Q's podcast said, IMDb Journey, damn, what a lineup. Except for The Martian. Yeesh. Well, 9 out of 10 is pretty good. In fairness, that was our last pick. <laughs> the Oddball Aussie says, I would have gone in-session film. But the fact that IMDb Journey has The Martian and Anchorman forces my hand. Well played, The Martian. Well played. <laughs> Stacy's Parlor said, This is so tough. In Session Film has more overall that I've seen and like, but the IMDb Journey has my all-time favourite movie. And that's it. I- I'm hoping that you voted for us. <laughs> <laughs> the Brook Reading Podcast has... In session film. Patron Ben Mulverhill says, First time I voted against you, but it was a close call. How dare you, Ben? Yeah, thanks a lot, Ben. <laughs> Next up from Joe Stevenson. I had to go of IMDb Journey, just because I've not seen four out of in session films list. So I can't judge fairly and only not seen one on IMDb Journey's list. Here's one from 143, IMDb Journey, and it's not even close. I would argue with that. Mitch Pumpyuk says, Scott Pilgrim and Cabin in the Woods, sold. Go, in-session film. And the last one here from Pinto Comics, Sir John, I give it to IMDb Journey, even though having her in the mix nearly disqualifies them. Well... Nearly being the keyword yes, there. Yes, a vote's a vote. So let's take a look at the results, Dean. 71 votes later, 51%. Someone has won by one vote. And it's us. We win. (laughs) (laughs) Suck it. Oh, man. So close. So close, guys. You tried. (laughs) And you failed. (laughs) So we still hold that moniker. We have not lost a Pod V Pod. I'm still throwing it out there. Throwing down the gauntlet. Come on. Take us on. I can't believe how close that vote was. Uh, It was good. I enjoyed that one. There's this tournament. Let the tournament begin. All right, it's time to take a look at the grand final match in our best 1960s film tournament. And it's the one and two seed, Dean. The good, the bad, and the ugly taking on Psycho. This, I think I think this will be a close one. I'm hoping it's a close one. It's always good when it's uh, super, super close in these uh, bracket tournaments. Yeah, hopefully it's a close vote. So, what's next? All right, Dean, I'm dying to see what you've chosen. We spoke about how we can't be picking epics every single time. I'm wondering, are you going to go with another epic? Maybe one you haven't seen before. Maybe one you don't like and you want to check out. Again, I'm very, very curious. What is your pick? So we said when we started picking that we wouldn't just pick the movies we love. And so far, all we've done is pick all of our favourite movies. Well, you picked The Thing. You hadn't seen it. I picked Stand By Me, a film that I really enjoyed that I wanted to check out again. They're not all five stars. Hmm. I'm going to pick a movie I haven't seen. Okay. Which means I've probably seen it. You've definitely seen it. Okay. It is at number 208 on the list. And it is Hachi. I knew you were going to pick that. A Dog's Tale. <laughs> how did you know? How could you possibly know? Because a movie that you haven't seen, I go through this top 250 list every once in a while, 200-odd area, and I was thinking Hachi. Okay, you want to watch Hachi, A Dog's Tale. Is it because you just want to get another riveting performance of A Dog's Way Home in your mind? I have no idea what this film is. I, it baffles me that this film is so high. And Do you I know who's in it? Yeah, I know the two leads. From the, the poster, Richard Gere and Joan Allen. Okay. Jason uh, Alexander's in it. Oh, what? Yes. Nice. <laughs> Man, I can't wait. Hachi. All right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry to disappoint you, Hendo. Well, if there's, you know, you never know. A rewatch might change my mind, but we might have the first movie on my list that I don't like. So yeah, there we'll find could, out. There could be a chance that you actually don't five-star this movie. <laughs> Only a small one, though. <laughs> yes. All right, that's going to do it for this week, mate. We're going to have another awesome Pod V Pod guest next week. Yes, we will. And we'll also be having another What Else Have Been Watching segment. And you're going to be talking for a little bit longer, which is fun. Slightly longer. Yeah. So for another week, thank you very much, listeners. We will see you next week for Pod V Pod 19. Bye. Bye.